Welcome to Chat Your Own with Candy and Noodle, the monthly chat show podcast about all things now, then, and tomorrow. It's a little politics, a little art and science, and a whole lot of feminism. Liberal as fuck. There's no need. Uh, welcome back to Chat Your Own. I'm Candy here with Noodle. Hey, it's Noodle. Hi, how are you? Oh, we made it to Thursday this week. I can't believe it's Thursday, but I can. It's all the same. Time continues to march on in a weird marching in place kind of way. Marching in circles. Kind of <laughs> way, right? Uh, circles, downward spirals, whatever. Whatever we're calling it. That's great. It just doesn't stop. We're we're a little duck wiggling our feet under the water. Oh my goodness. Going in circles to try and get that one bit of duck food. Yep, yep. One bit of duck food. Have you seen that uh video that's out there right now with the cat that's on like one of those big cat wheel things that's like carpeted, but she makes it go real, real, real fast and then she just lays on it that's, and enjoys I mean, the spin. That she falls right. out eventually because science, but she gets right back in there. It's like, this is how I want to live my life. Enjoys the spin. Uh, we are talking about doing the things this month, which is an interesting topic considering the fact that we both feel like we're walking around in circles. Um, things like passion, drive, and motivation, all the things do. It is May 19th, and we are a couple of weeks away from, three weeks away from the uh, California primaries and one of our favorite things to do is vote so right I'm pretty I want to say I'm excited about the primaries but I'm it's not excitement it's somewhere between that like waiting in the wings butterfly and vomit you know I might throw up from nervousness I'm also excited to see what happens will (laughs) one in 35 like qualified voters show up because that's like about our regular number Oh, or will it be three and 35 and we could literally change the entire world if three people voted it's like everyone's mad right everyone's mm-hmm. mad let's be let's be mad and mailed mass <laughs> start mailing them now uh we have got an interview with caroline menjavar for you this month she is an absolutely inspiring human running for california state senate uh we talked to her about making the choice to do the thing and motivating yourself all the way through it um how do you feel about motivation lately at all my motivation is like at negative seven, um, which is tough because, you know, I'm in Q1 of the new fiscal year at work. And this should be like theoretically the time where you're getting really ramped up for the whole new year and like you've got your big plans and everything is great and you're like ready to tackle the world. But instead we have this like culture of change in Q1 and it's really, really stressful and terrifying. And I keep talking to my coworkers about it and that I should just like make a sign that that says Q1 always feels like this. So I can remember that it's not me. Uh, I'm not unmotivated. It's that the company has big uh, seismic changes at this time of year, every year. And I just need to like see it as change rather than like misery. So my motivation is low right now, but it is, 
the result of a lot of things being out of my, like even, let's even pretend there's no pandemic. There's, there's a lot of things that are like happening that are outside of my control. And I'm in a very much like hurry up and wait phase of like, do all this theoretical planning, but wait. And where's your whole like bill of materials? And I want to see X, Y, and Z, but also could you wait? Um, and that's, that's a really tough place to sustain being in. Um, but Q1 is always like this and I just need to remember that. So I have no motivation, but I want to be motivated. I think that's good, right? Yeah. Why not? I mean, I'm making a lot of lists. That's right there. That's motivation. The list itself is motivation, right? It helps Mm -hmm. motivate you to complete whatever the hell. I like a good list. Even if it's a list I like, don't want to do the things on, like, I'm still like, okay, I get to make a list though. So that's fun because there's highlighters. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, are you ready for the secret question? I'm always ready for your secret All right. question. What is one tool you have that helps you do the things when you feel zero thing related oomph? Oh God. It's, I mean, it's a pen and paper. It's literally a piece of paper and whatever the pen is and just writing it down, write down the list of the 400,000 things. And I will say, I am unashamed about the things like, get out of bed, write that down as a thing that you accomplished so you could check something off. Um, that is, I do that, that is my own self-motivating, like, cheat sheet. Like, so this way I feel like, okay, I brushed my teeth. Let's check that off the list. You know, like those, those little things where you give yourself that little serotonin. Anyway, like you just do it, right. you just do it. And that's, that's a bump. And can I mention coffee as a tool? Yes. Cause just hook it to my veins. Yeah. Remember um, when I used to not drink coffee? I do remember that. This is better. <sighs> this is better. This, <laughs> this is, is better. better. Bean juice is better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, hot bean juice forever. Hot bean juice. I actually use coffee as a motivator because I like an afternoon cup. Mm. And that means I have to finish my giant thing of water from like my morning water. Mm. I can't have another cup of coffee until I finish my morning water. No bean water until you finish your regular until water. Until I finish my regular water, right. Mm-hmm. It's all about just like organizing my beverages. That's most of my day. That's smart. That's smart. That's, that's uh, yeah. yeah. I like an afternoon cup and it's, uh, oh, I'm thinking about it right now. And I'm like, could I have a cup now? No, it's nine o'clock. I shouldn't. I shouldn't do that thing. But you might. I might though. Your face looks like you might. I, you know what? I like a good cup of instant. Um, (laughs) I, I should probably be adding in an afternoon cup of coffee and I don't think I've made it to that level of it yet. I'm like a one and a half ish in the morning. And now I'm thinking like I should be drinking a 2 PM cup of coffee. When I have mine, like 2, 2, 30. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Maybe just text me and be like, hey, have you had your afternoon cup of coffee? Because I, I, should, I should go have one. Just send you a picture of my coffee. Yeah, of your face in the coffee. Yeah, just like one of those giant mugs. <laughs> um, that's a, a good question, though. So do you, a cup of coffee for you, like one, are all of your mugs relatively close in size? And then follow up, if it's a big, giant mug, do you fill it and consider that a cup? Or do you put like... Do you have this approximately the same amount of coffee with each quote unquote cup? I don't. They vary wildly in sizes. Okay. And I always fill it up. When when I get a cup, when it's a big cup and it's only half filled, I'm like, what the hell is this? Fill it all the way Damn. up. I literally did that this morning. Mike handed me a cup of coffee and I was like, 
Mm-hmm. I'm just going to pour some more in there. Like, why is that only half full? What is this nonsense? And yeah, like I have, I have no concept of how much actual coffee I'm drinking at any given moment. And because of who I am as a person in the morning, I never know how much coffee I'm actually putting in the coffee. Right. Sometimes it's a heap in six and sometimes it's like four flat. Like, I don't know. Who knows? Could be anything really. So it, like it there, my coffee series varies wildly. Are you, um, are you a cream person? Are you drinking no, black? black with black. two sugars? I do like it. Black. It's yeah. sweet. Hot and sweet. I, I used to be a like only peppermint mochas with almond milk from Starbucks type of person. And now I'm just like, I don't fucking care. I don't care. Like that. I, I just don't want any milk in it. Other than that, I do not care. Give me mm. just coffee. I like my coffee in all different kinds of ways. I've had phases mm-hmm. um, where I did. Well, when I stopped having dairy, I just went black and it was, mm-hmm. no, it wasn't. I mean, I like, I like different kinds of coffee and I like being able to taste the coffee. Don't get me wrong. Like I like coffee that's white and sweet as well. Um, but then I became, a, honestly, when I, typically drink it black, it became a bit of a coffee snob. Mm. I was like, I'm going to buy this $25 pound of coffee and I'm going to buy it in beans and I'm going to grind my beans for every Ooh, pot. Look at your fancy like, self. I shouldn't even say that. That's not even negative at all. It's negative if you're, if you're like an outwardly, an outward douchebag about it. But <laughs> you're just, just being like, coffee. this is what I'm spending my money on. And I like my, my cup of coffee makes me happy. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I think that's very smart to do the thing that brings you joy. Yeah, I am. That's a good tool. Doing the thing that brings you joy. That is a good tool. That's a really good tool. I don't think I have any tools. No, I do have tools. But my tools are mostly lists as well. I love my whiteboard a Mm. lot. Um, I like the whiteboard as someone who likes to make lists. I'm looking at the whiteboard. That's why I'm like, it's very like a rock and roll photo. It's like, <laughs> I'm not that cool. I am a nerd standing in my office, my home office, staring at my whiteboard that I bought just like a chunk of, you know, whiteboard at Home Depot and just stuck it to the goddamn wall. It's not cool. Um, but uh, what I like about it is one, it's unavoidable. Like it's big. When you walk in the room, you see it. So if I like making the lists and I make sure every so often I redo the board for whatever like the project is, I can't avoid it. It's giant and in my face. So it's that's helpful. looking at you. It's looking at me like, what are you doing now? Um, <laughs> and I like the colors. On this board? <laughs> yeah, nothing that you're telling me to leave me alone. Um, I think that's my favorite tool. That and taping stuff to the wall. I just tape shit to the wall. It's helpful. I mean, maybe get a cork board, but I have a cork board and I also tape shit to the wall. <laughs> uh, I, I love it. I think that's a good choice. Like you do the things that work for you. And if it ends up looking like a murder solving mystery board, like all the better. Even better. Even better. I am going to take all that list reading and just roll that right into what are you reading, Noodle? So I'm actually going to talk, talk about a book that I'm not done reading, which I never do. Right. I feel like I'm always either like, even though actually now that I say that, like I did this with Sister Outsider the other day, but like that was different. That was different. I'm going to talk about a fiction book that I'm in the middle of. Oh, yeah, that is um, cool. It's called A Burning by Mega Manjimdar. Um, about, in, it takes place in India. It's uh, from a number of different characters as like the main character. So they're all telling, you know, it's like one of those like, perspective hopping books. 
And it's a story about a train gets firebombed and um, a like young 20 something girl like makes a comment on Facebook that's like negative and shitty and they immediately decide that she's a terrorist and so she gets arrested and she's now in prison and it's about all of these like different people in her life and how they are intersecting with this experience like her teacher uh somebody who's teaching English to her mother um and it's really good because it's very different from any of the other I've read a lot of books about India um and this feels completely different from them because it's modern and it's not about romance and it's not about trying to break away from your parents and it's not about bucking the system it's about literally like existing within the system the politics the the change making the modernization of communities um so it's really interesting i mean she didn't do it i don't think but like also she might have unclear unclear oh okay uh, and what's funny is this book has been like nominated in the a couple of different book clubs that I've been in and I haven't voted for it and somebody offered it up in um my buy nothing group and I was like you know what I want to read that sure I'd, I'd love to read that and I'm really enjoying it I'm glad that I'm reading it and I will probably finish it tonight after we oh, record well I'm gonna need to know if she did it yeah right. <laughs> thank you right Un- unknown <laughs> unknown um and the other book is called The Insomniacs by Karina Wolf, and it is a children's book. And I haven't talked about any of the children's books in a while. And it's this like weird little book. Um, first of all, there's another book called The Insomniacs. When I went looking for it, uh, it kept trying to dra- drive me to like all this like adult novel. And I was like, that's not, that's not it. And then there's a band called The Insomniacs. I'm like, no, 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 give me the oh, children's no. book. And it's about a family who just decides like, we don't want to live during the day. We want to live at night. We are a night family. We are night people. And it's uh, like tween, early, maybe like pre-tween uh, daughter and a scientist mother and like a daughtering little father who looks like an egg. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's lovely. Like they lived one place and the mom got a job and they all traveled to the other side of the globe and they like never adjusted to the time change. And they're like, fuck it, we're going to live at, at night. And like, it's fine. And it's really just like sweet and weird. It's very, it's very Tim Burton, Neil Gaiman, like Car- oh. Coraline kind of like yeah. feel to it and strange. Um, and I love it. And Rebel really likes it. And I keep in like, reminder, we sleep at night. This family is not a night right. family. We sleep at night because I'm like, don't get any ideas about this. But it's lovely and strange. And I really like it a lot. Well, that's nice. That does sound like lovely and strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's very much, it's a feminist book without being a feminist book, without like being a big deal about it. Cause like the mom is a scientist. They mm. all follow her to her job. Right. The dad is literally an egg. Like he is egg. <laughs> he's an egg man. He's got arms and legs, but like he is an egg man and he's really short. And the mom is like tall and willowy and like definitely in charge. She calls the family meeting to talk about the problems. Like, she is the boss of that family, and it's really kind of inspiring. That's adorable. Mm-hmm. I like it very much. Does he wear, um, for some reason, I'm picturing him in plaid pants. Do we think oh, that's sure. a Humpty Dumpty reference in my I'm like, sure brain? at some point he wears that. Right. He definitely wears a scarf. Oh, I, that's not, like all yeah. the time? Oh, yeah. Scarfing. Oh. Like it might be an ascot, but like it's a scarf. Either way. Mm-hmm. Either way. I hope it's an ascot. It's an egg in a scarf. I hope it's an ascot. Yeah. Uh, those, are, those both sound great. 
big fan, big fan of uh, um, both of them. And they sound, I mean, yes, uh, a burning is serious subject matter, but they don't sound as hardcore serious. It sounds like you're giving yourself the reading <laughs> shift that you were talking about recently. A slight break, a slight break. Yeah, in that's crushing I think that's agony really that I've been involved I think in. That's really, really good. I think a light fiction book about a terrorist bombing is a really good step for you. <laughs> you did the oh, thing. You put it that way. <laughs> you, you did the thing, um, which is what a good segue. Um, we're talking about things that are so important to us. So uh, that is a thing that you, you accomplished. Um, things that are so, so important when it comes to doing the things you love, you want, or need to do. Motivation and focus are just as big as passion. So when we talked with Caroline a couple months ago, uh, we talked to her about her, uh, you know, a, a little bit about her policy, but we mostly talked to her about what candidate life looks like and where those hours go and how you do that thing. Um, should we just get right into it? We should just go right into it. And then yeah, we can talk a little a bit more interview. about how, like, how yeah. you met her. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and we'll talk uh, a little bit more about politics and how Caroline does this thing and like how that's inspiring after the interview. Okay. All right. So... Uh, we are so excited to welcome Caroline Menjabar to the show today. Caroline, welcome. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Okay. Caroline, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're running for. Yeah, who am I, right? Um, so Caroline Menjabar, and I am a candidate for State Senate District 20. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't even know what that even means and what a senator does. Now people are very engaged in the mayor or city council, but I'm the person that's looking to have a crazy life and live in Sacramento Monday through Thursday, pass bills, and then come back to the Valley and live here Friday through Sunday. I'm born and raised here in the Valley. I've been on this campaign trail for about almost seven months. And Wow, seven months. <laughs> yeah. That is a hot minute. So what did that, <laughs> so that puts you back starting when? August. In August. Jeez, mm-hmm. that's a long time. Can you, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what made you decide to run? Like, what was your moment where you said, well, yeah. this is it. This is my time. Got to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I fell into the statistic of being a woman who, you know, a lot of women wait to have over the necessary qualifications to apply for a job. So I said, I need to check off this box. I need to check off this box. So in reality, I've been looking at this for a couple of years now. Um, I want to say maybe like five years. I've been looking at this. Yeah, I've been looking at the scene. I said, this is what I want. I'm going to prepare myself for this. Um, so I want to say it was back when I was um, maybe 2016, 2017, when I was an undergrad at CSUN. Damn, and that is a high ambition as an undergrad. I just <laughs> wanted to go to frat parties. <laughs> um, and, you know, I was like, this is what I want. Let me see if this works out for me. And I went to um, grad school at UCLA specifically because they offered a fellowship at the mayor's office. And I didn't know how else I was going to get my foot in the door. So I was like, I'm going to go to UCLA. I'm going to apply for the fellowship. I'm going to get that fellowship. And if I like working at the mayor's office, then this is really what I want to do. And it worked out that way. And I really fell in love with it. Who was the mayor at the time? And like Eric Garcetti. Oh, it was Garcetti. Well, there you go. 
Well, that's nice. That's, yeah, that's I was a, a fellow nice, there for a that's year. That's a nice moment to come back to. I like it. Yeah. And when you finally pulled the trigger and said, okay, here's what we're doing. We're just, we're just going to do it. How did it feel filling out that paperwork? Oh my God. It was insane. It, you know, this whole journey has been like, I can't believe this is me. You know, you know, this is Caroline Menjivar. I think about like little Caroline. I'm like, never would I thought I'd be in this position. You know, um, it's surreal for my mom. Um, I don't think, you know, my, my family really understands, you know, like, they're like, oh, you got an endorsement? what does that mean? You know, like, I'm like, mom, like I have all these meetings. She's like, but why? Like, why do you, like, she doesn't, <laughs> why? <laughs> she's like, why do you have to go? <laughs> uh, you know, it's still very surreal. You know, we don't, I don't come from a, a family that was really at all into politics, you know, um, immigrant family. But when I went and um, saw my name on the filing paper, I was like, oh my God, this is real. Um, my kind of, you know, a dream coming true. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I think I'm going to run or, you know, it takes like seven to eight times to ask a woman to run for office. Um, and then to actually see that I went, I followed through with my aspirations is if the thing, if the journey were to end right now, I'd be like, I'd be really happy, you know? Wait, you like did the thing. I did the thing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, what did what did your mom say when you told her you were going to do it? Like, how did your family react? Yeah, so, you know, I don't, I didn't really talk about it, you know, not to ooh, uh, be a downer here. I only had one family member who was really, really excited for me, but unfortunately, um, COVID um, took him. Um, oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah, but he was the only one in my entire family that would we would talk about it. He would say, like, you know, when are you going to start? Like, I'm telling my friends, we're ready for you. You know, I tell everybody that my niece, you know, she's going to run. Um, no one else in my family really, you know, took interest in this. Um, didn't really want to talk about politics. So it was just him. Um, and unfortunately, he didn't get to see me uh, officially file. Mm. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I'm like, let's go immediately. Are we going to cry? We're going to cry? No, 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 no. But, you know, I keep him in the loop. I visit him in Silmar and I let him know how it's going and stuff like that. What a wonderful way to (laughs) keep yourself true to the idea. I was going to do it. I said I was going to do it. And now I have to do it because I've made this commitment to this person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm out here doing it. Yeah, I'm out here doing it. You know, I was... I was raised in a Republican household. All my family was Republican. Yes, yes. Are we even allowed to say that on the air? (laughs) I was raised in a different political affiliation. Um, And so my values are not aligned with a lot of my family's values. You know, I'm a... I'm a very out gay woman and I grew up in a very conservative Christian household. I was the person on the corner talking to you about Jesus when I was in middle school and elementary school. Yeah, that was me. (laughs) Wow. Um, That's a whole whole other episode where we talk about like life changes. Wow. Right. Hard Um, pivot. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a significant change to go from that to running as a Democrat in, you know, yikes. Um, So Running as a Democrat, what is that day-to-day life like as a candidate? Can, like, 
How many meetings do you go to? Who do you talk to? Like, what what is it? What do you have to do as a candidate? Because you know, like, like you said, a lot of people talk about, it, a lot of people think about it, but nobody really understands what the ins and outs of that is. Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So it depends on who, if you're blessed enough to not have to work. If you can, if you have a financial backing to be able to support yourself for seven months or a year, um, not having to work, you know, that's amazing. That that's great. Um, so my day-to-day changes because I still work full-time. I've been working full-time since I launched my campaign. So I, you know, work Tuesday through Friday, um, 35 hours a week as a director at a nonprofit here in this district. It's very demanding. So from like 7 or 8, 7.30 in the morning to like 8.39, I do calls. I call people for fundraising and stuff like that. I go to work. Uh, during lunch, I take meetings, so interview endorsement interviews. Wow. Take it during my lunch, um, and then after five, it's just I come home and it goes straight to emails, campaign, uh, more interviews, uh, more meetings. Weekends, it's just out in the community, um, more interviews, more calls. Uh, right now, it's you know three months left until the the primary. It's any time that I have free time, it's I'm engaging with the voters. I'm engaging with the voters. I'm going to as many meetings like, do you have a quinceanera coming up? Let me crash it. You know, let me talk to the people. So <laughs> I love that's, it. That's what it is right now. I love it. And so, yeah, when, when you say you go to meetings, like, who do you meet with? Yeah. Who, who are you? Who, I understand that, you know, go out and talk to the people, but who, what kind of meetings do you attend? Yeah. So I attend neighborhood council meetings. Um, those are virtual, and I just introduce myself. There's no room for a back and forth in neighborhood councils, unfortunately. But you know, I'm just saying my name. I I go to um, Democratic club meetings. There's a lot. There's Stonewall, Heart of LA, Burbank Dem Club, San Fernando Young Dems, like any club with a Gibsive. Yeah. Um, so I attend those meetings. Uh, I attend informal groups. So there's a lot in this area that are informal gatherings of uh, Latina women, older women that come together. They talk about some issues that's going on. Um, a lot of them are come together to talk about um, school issues, like their parent groups and stuff like that. So I visit those meetings. Honestly, anything that people invite me to, I'll go. I've even gone to um, apartment meetings. Like, you know, there's a manager. Sure. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Yep. I do that. Go where the um, people are. Yeah, ex- exactly. Motto is go, you know, you go where the people, the community is. And then, you know, a lot more formal meetings of just if, for example, last night I listened in on Burbank's Board of Education meeting, you know, just to learn about what's going on, what's the hot topics, um, city council meetings, listen in, any homeless um, forum, listen in. Because, you know, I'm trying to soak in as much information as possible. And also, those are the people who you know vote, right? Those are the people <laughs> who are active and they're like, oh, we saw Caroline show up yeah. at a thing. Like, this is great. Yeah. My friend Steve Ferguson is on the Burbank School of it board thing. And we go, like, way back. And his birthday is tomorrow. I know we're not oh, okay. doing this at the same time. But Steve, <laughs> if you're listening, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Yeah. <laughs> What do you what do you love best about like what's your favorite part about being out there in front of the people mm-hmm. doing this stuff? I am a social butterfly. I will talk to anybody and everybody every single day. Um, I think you have to have like some kind of 
some kind of that to run for office. So my favorite part is meeting the people, the stories I get to hear. So when I go door knocking and I introduce myself, you know, not everyone opens the doors, but there's the people that open the door and they let me give my little spiel. And then they talk to me about their lives and their stories, you know, and that is my favorite, favorite part. Or I have um, women, older women who open the door and they're like, oh, my kid is in this, this and that. Or my kid wants to do that. Or, or my kid is uh, uh, trying to get in the military or, oh, I'm, you know, I'm Salvadorian too. And like the little connections that people find, because that's really at the end of the day, policy is really important. I get that. But people that vote, some, they will vote because, you know, they gave me the time that that person gave me the time of day. You know, that person was wearing red, my favorite color. You know, it's just like you're getting in front of them. That is my favorite part. Breaking bread with a community is top notch. How many, how many people would you say that you have spoken to? Like, gosh, I, I have not taken count. I have not, um, you know, I feel bad because I know other, um, I see other candidates. They're like, oh, we knocked on 300 doors. I'm like, well, I am not keeping track. I shouldn't keep track. (laughs) Just, Just my Fitbit is keeping track and that's enough. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm like, how many steps? did I do today? Absolutely. That's that's great. Oh, I love it. Somebody once said to me um, that the average citizen cares from their doorstep to the end of their driveway and their kid's school. And those are the, that's it. Like, that's the thing that they care about. They care about Mm -hmm. the cracks in their, in their sidewalk. They care about when their garbage cans get picked up and like, they care about their, their school, their kids. Quality of life issues. Yes. And that's like their, their corridor of caring. Mm -hmm. And I find that like, especially door knocking gives you that ability to stand in their corridor of care and be like, let's yeah. talk about it. That's where I shine. You know, I'm a very silly person too. Um, and I don't know if it's because if I like awkward silence, I'll throw in a joke. I just like, I can't with awkward silence. So I'll throw in jokes in these conversations when like people aren't engaging with me. And that's like, that's how I'll win them over. And like, I need to be in front of people for that, you know? I love it. What is the worst part about being a candidate? Yeah. Fundraising. I know. (laughs) But but fundraising, not like put it on events, fundraising, cold calling. That is the absolute worst. And if there could be a political reform for campaigns, I'd be on the front lines for that. (laughs) So I get random lists of random people who just call people that, in the past have supported just giving money to other candidates. These people can range. They don't have to necessarily live in this area. So I'm calling people in Monrovia, Pasadena, Beverly Hills, you know, Simi Valley. And I have to convince someone over the phone who's never met me, who's never heard anything about me to throw me some money. And that absolutely sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, does it work? Does that cold calling just yeah. absolutely been like, yo, you're active somewhere. Give me your money. Sometimes. Sometimes, Sometimes. it works. I mean, if it didn't, I don't think anyone would do it, right? But mm-hmm. it's rare. So maybe for like the, for every 100 calls that I make, 20 are bad numbers or, you know, not working anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other 60, I have to leave voicemails because they don't pick up. Mm-hmm. And that leaves 20. No, maybe it's like, 80 or 70 that I leave voicemails and I'll get to talk to like five people and two people will say yes. Dude, that's not a bad return. Yeah. Because if you're really, if you're looking at two out of five, 
two out of a hundred calls. Right. But like two out of five people that you talk to, that's a 40% return. When you talk to someone, they they are pretty responsive. 40% return is very impressive. Yeah. So for me, you know, it's small dollars. Um, and it's like, oh, 10 bucks. They're like, I can only t- do 10 bucks. I was like, I will take it. I'll take it. Here's the thing, though. A lot of people will say yes. And then it's the follow up of like, hey, you haven't given, you haven't given. Um, that's where we drop a lot mm-hmm. of people. Right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to just say, I work in marketing, a 40% yes rate. For, for getting the contact on the phone is phenomenal. All right, I'll take it. Yeah, like, I look at my, like, email open rates. I look at the metrics of people that say, yes, I'll take a meeting. Like, it is way lower than 40%. Okay. Damn. Damn. Well done. That is a gift of gab. Um, we want to make sure that at the end, when we post the episode, we put all your links on there. So listening folks, if you think I want to be part of that 40%, you will have the opportunity yeah. to, uh, to give money to Caroline. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. So you're saying these lists just like kind of come from who knows where and it just comes. So yeah. for example, let's say I get an endorsement from an elected official. And what my team does is goes and looks at donors of that elected official. And then I'll call them because then I'll say, hey, I was just endorsed by so-and-so. I know you you support them. Would you support me? Because we share the same values. Mm, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good line. I like yeah. it. Yeah. That's and really good. You talk about your team. How like who's on your team? How do mm-hmm. they get there? How did you recruit your team? Like how did how do you build up from there? You know, everybody thinks, oh, okay, like I've got my besties, but how do you uh-huh. reconcile your like these are my besties and these are people who are actually going to be good at what I need. Yeah, to your do. besties are not going to be on your team. Your besties are not nowhere near your campaign, honestly. Um, you know, it's the people that you never thought that were going to help you, helping you. And then the people you thought were going to help you and not helping you. And that's really how it is. Um, so my team right now is made up of consultants. Uh, it's, I have a consultant team in NorCal that I've never met in person. It's just virtual. And then I have a consultant here locally who honestly is just an amazing individual, an amazing woman. Uh, Danielle, got to give her a shout out because she moonlights as my social media director, my campaign manager, just like my, just like the angel on my shoulder. Like she's going above and beyond what a regular consultant would do. She's really, she has really helped me through this process of just like, you know, being just the complete sounding board that I need for everything and just, she's been amazing. So that's my consulting team. And then I have my fundraising team. That's the people that then she sits on my calls. So when I do these calls, she's listening in. So it's me on the calls and then I have my computer and she's listening at what I'm saying. So that's always awkward. Um, and (laughs) (laughs) And then she'll follow up. She'll send those emails so I can continue calling. And does she coach you as you go through to kind of like get you in the right rhythm, help you with the call script, or it's just like, she's just listening to you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes she'll say, you know, you got you to be a little harder with people. Don't, don't let them say no. Push back a little bit more. Right. Don't get, um, don't go soft on them. Don't go soft on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's in my 
you know, I did I did bring on a, a poster, but we haven't used um, her yet. Uh, very limited on my funds. Um, so it's a lot of people who just like believe in this race and believe in me who are um, doing a lot of extra stuff they shouldn't be doing. That's well, that's what it's about, right? The community building yeah. and, and that yeah. idea, if you're going to represent me, then I'm going to yeah. come out there with you. And so you talk a little bit about um, your consultant. How does your consultant work with you on things like crafting your issues, how to write your like opinion pieces, how to deliver that? Or are you just out there putting out your thoughts and they are what they are and it's not through other people's lens or like how, how does that piece work? Like you read people's websites all the time. They have these really thought out coherent issue pieces. How How do those happen? So, you know, my consultant has, we're not, we don't do that at all. Um, you know, I have come up to her and asked her for a suggestion on how, who I can go to to better formulate, you know, my policy positions and stuff like that, because I'm not a policy wonk, you know, I'm a social worker. I am very much social service driven, you know, understanding the effects that we're seeing in the community. And I can talk to you about that all day, you know, I'm not an MPP. So, um, master's in public policy. So, you know, that's the part where I'm working on, right? So when I go to her and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Hey, am I allowed to say this out loud? Um, That's a great question. um, So those are the questions that I turn to her and say, so she doesn't say this is what you should say or this is how you should feel about it. I ask her if she knows um, anything around that realm because she's been in the game for a long time. Um, If this could perhaps open a can of you know, warns, mm-hmm. um, and then just guidance on who do you think would be the best person for me to turn to for, for guidance on a policy. Mm-hmm. But what is on the website is like, this is me. Um, these are my ideas because I, can, I need to back them up. Right. Um, at the end of the day, if I'm talking to someone, I need to really be able to say, I believe this because of X, Y, Z. And she mm-hmm. doesn't join me at any, at any meeting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you get like people asking you about super weird issues like <laughs> so so I come from a background of working for candidates so you know I worked for a consultant for a long time I was phone banking for money I was a de- for a while as somebody's deputy field assistant blah blah and I remember somebody called us and was like what are your opinions on the elephant enclosure at the zoo and I was like it's my first day I don't know. I've been on the, I've been on the campaign for a year at that point, but I was like, what the, do we have an opinion on that? And it turned out we did in fact have a position on the elephant enclosure that was being built at the LA zoo. What is the weirdest question that somebody has asked you your opinion on? I don't even think it's, it's like this. It's what is your opinion on SB 12? What is your opinion on the AB 1458 that passed in 2008? Those are the questions I get, and you know, and you not know, a lot of context. It's not. It's just yeah. the bill number, in <laughs> my opinion on it. Um, so you can imagine elected officials themselves. Either they have a team behind them mm-hmm. that does the research for all of this. I was a staffer. I remember putting together these briefing memos and having to put research. I am campaigning, working full time, you know, trying to get my name out there. You can imagine I don't have a lot of time to be, you know, just, okay, these are all the bills that have passed in the past 10 years, you know, both in the Senate and, or, yeah, and signed by the governor. 
So that's where, you know, those are the questions that I get sometimes. And I'm like, could you give me a little bit more context <laughs> on this? Um, weird ones? I, I don't think it'd be weird. I think, I don't think any of them have, have been weird. It's just been number ones. Um, all of them have been really great because you can imagine during COVID-19, people want to know where I stand on how we've reacted to our procedures, um, how the funding has has gone to X, Y, Z, my opinions on that. So they, they've been great questions. Mm-hmm. I don't think any weird, just... Right. Those feel more relevant. Yeah. I mean, and, and great for people that they know the numbers. I don't know the numbers. I, <laughs> right. Good for them for, for having all those numbers in their head. Right. So those are policy ones. Though, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you're when you're out there in the thick of it, right? You're like, okay, I know I'm going to spend my whole day on the phone, and then I have an event, and I'm going to get up at six o'clock tomorrow and go door walking, door knocking. How like what what kind of routines have you built up for yourself? Like what kind of systems are you using to get you from like point A through the 17 steps of that day? And still being on your A game all the time. Like what kind of what kind of hack have you developed to be like, this yeah. is how you succeed in politics? Yeah. Gosh, hacks. No, it's just my calendar. Like you it's that's my I don't think I want to say that word. Um, that's my go-to. I have to put everything on the calendar. You you can imagine I'm managing more than one calendar, my work calendar and the campaign calendar, trying to squeeze in my lunch meetings, you know, and and, and and so forth. So I I don't I don't even know how I manage, but this is this is not new to me. You know, I come from a background where in the military things were just like happening, you know, 4:30 in the morning until 8 p.m. You're going back to back, you know, you're nonstop. So I was accustomed to that. When I went to grad school at UCLA, I was in grad school, I was working as an EMT in Van Nuys. And I was a fellow at the mayor's office. Um, and before that, I was in, in I was working as a domestic violence therapist in Van Nuys too. Three things. So I went to school during the day. After that, I did my fellowship and I worked grave, graveyard shifts as an EMT. For two yes. years straight, I did that. Two years straight. Um, so I don't know what it is. I think some people are born crazy and I might have gotten that gene. Um, but it's something that I'm able to maintain and function on small hours of sleep for more than more than a couple of days in a row and not have my plates fall any one of them you know my my therapist will say that I definitely yeah. have a plate down um <laughs> but I've been able to function so well, far that's, that's good that you're finding in that time to meet with your therapist and do some right. self-care and like center yourself as well as you have to. these like big needs from other people I think that's that's the hack there, right? It's oh, right. Making sure that you find the time for that. But also, like, how much coffee a day do you drink? Like, okay, so I started drinking coffee two years ago in my entire life, two years ago. So that's, yeah, two <laughs> years ago, caffeine. Not even in the military did I drink caffeine. Um, and let me tell you, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm it on is. an Earl Grey phase right now. For, like, the past two months, it's been nothing but Earl Grey. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. uh, that's so funny it's you know funny. Vanessa you you mentioned something um you know like a life hack 
And one of the number one advice I think I got before I, I threw my name in the rigor was someone telling me, you need to make sure you continue seeing your therapist. You need to make sure uh, you are talking to someone because this will challenge everything you believe about yourself. You can be the most confident person in the world. Running for office will make you question a lot of things, you know, a lot of your life decisions as to why you're in this. Um, and, you know, the the process can be can be difficult at times. So, you know, if anyone out there is looking to run, that's the one thing I think you should have is make sure you have that support system and that individual therapy um, to talk about this because imposter syndrome is real. Let me tell you, it's real and you need to navigate that. So on top of that, I turned to my wife. She's a marriage and family therapist. Um, they How convenient. Excellent. <laughs> so it helps, you know, some techniques that she'll, she'll, she'll guide me through some, um, yeah, grounding techniques. That's got to help a lot. So the grounding technique. So this is going to be my last question. Okay. How do you shut it off at night? How do you right. stop being yeah. a candidate when you come home and go back to just being Caroline? Well, first of all, if I don't have any virtual meetings, this is me. I immediately change clothing immediately when I'm home. And I know that it's just, I need to fill out questionnaires. It's just me doing administrative work. Then I go straight to just comfy clothes. And it's always like my Packers go to, cause it just, you know, it's my favorite team. And I just feel like, oh, you know, I'm even wearing totally. Packer sweatpants. Even I like, love it's, it. It's a thing for me. Um, so that's for starters. And then I work until 11 p.m. And then I give myself one hour, 11 to 12, where I'd watch my shows. And I'm just watching my shows. And that's the me time. Maybe sometimes I don't, um, I'm not successful and I'll work until midnight. But most of the time, 11 to 12 is me. And then I'll get, I just got a stationary bike. Um, so I'll get on my stationary bike for 30 minutes while I'm watching the show. And then 30 minutes, I'm just laying down. But I have to give myself that one hour and it really helps me. And do you have a set like is midnight? That's bad no matter what. Uh, yeah. If it's nothing pressing, then midnight, I have to go to bed. Yeah. The older I get, the more I need a bedtime to get anything done. So. <laughs> I don't think Vanessa likes my. Uh, yeah. I, just, I am late. loud that your shut off involves getting on the uh, getting on the exercise bike. <laughs> I was mentioning earlier in the conversation before you joined us that I've been falling asleep on the couch at 8.30. Man, you are, you are making me look bad. No, 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 no. This no, is no. amazing. So everyone. I, just, I mean, how, how your wind down is more activity than my day-to-day is really, like, impressive. Listen, I, I used to be the person that went on hikes, like, every single day, and I haven't had the opportunity to do that, so... I'm missing the physical activity and um, my, my genes are showing it. Mm. Um, so I had to get something where I didn't have to drive somewhere mm. in the stationary right. bike. Because who has time to drive right. now if you're, if you're doing 75 back-to-back meetings? Um, what's your show? You say, I watch my shows. Yeah. Tell us oh. what your show is. <laughs> Share oh. us your guilty pleasure because you've got that, oh, God, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> my wife makes fun of me. Girl, like shows you watch. Um, right now, I'm watching the Vampire Diaries for the second time. Cool. <laughs> um, I I have a routine, and um, and it's it's on loop. So I'll do that. Then I'll go to How I Met Your Mother. 
I do uh, Friends, I do The Office, and I think, and Parks and Rec on loop. It's just on loop. I just, mm-hmm. and then Grey's Anatomy, I think I'm on like the seventh time that I've watched it from start <laughs> to finish. My goodness, oh, that's, that's a lot of television. That is a commitment. That is a commitment. Grey's Anatomy is a big one. And and Parks and Rec, man. I mean, if Leslie Nope doesn't inspire you to start oh, your day. Let me tell you, it's the exact right. same situation yeah. I'm in. Yep. You're like, I can do this. I can Leslie Nope this. Yeah. I love it. No. Um, that's, I think that's, I think that's all we've got. Candy. That's an excellent. Else? No, that's excellent. Uh, uh, ending there. A little yeah, nice round personality. Uh, Caroline, thank you so much for being here with us today. We super appreciate it. Tell us very quickly, when is election day? Yes. Yeah, really important. June 7th, election day. But you have 10 days before that to vote. You don't have to wait till June 7th to be in those long lines. So if you live in the areas like Candy, Van Nuys, um, Winneka, Canoga Park, Reseda, the city of Burbank, the city of San Fernando, Arlita, Silmore, Lakeview Terrace, Sundin Tahunga, Panorama City, Silmore, I said that, Pacoima, and, and, and um, uh, Lake Baboa, I am looking to be your next state senator. Make sure you vote. Or reach out, volunteer, and knock on doors with me. I love it. And where can we find you on the internet? <laughs> I was going to cough. <laughs> it's uh, my full name, carolinemenjivar.com. And it's M-E-N-J-I-V-A-R, carolinemenjivar.com. Awesome. Caroline, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time. We appreciate your enthusiasm. And good luck on the trail. It sounds like, uh, sounds like you're killing it out there. Thank you. Thank you so much, Caroline. Okay, so that was our chat with Caroline. Noodle, how do you feel about it? Oh my God, her passion is like through the roof. I am just blown away by the pure amount of energy that she is extolling, like, and just like is pouring off of her. The the part where she talks about like after she's been working all day and then candidating all night and then she goes home and takes a break by getting on her treadmill or getting on her exercise bike. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? And it's and it's funny to like listen to it because I can hear myself going, what the fuck? And then I <laughs> listened to it again and I thought, yeah, no, what the fuck is correct. That's insane. Still. And she, it's like Still. blows me away, blows me away. And she has been crushing it on the trail. Like since we recorded that, she has gotten so many endorsements. I'm so proud of her. Like I'm blown away by what she's been doing and all the things that she talks about in this interview have really continued to come out through, through the, over the next couple of months, you know, she continues to show up everywhere. She goes everywhere. Um, She doesn't stop moving. Yeah. No, like literally she has a broken foot. Like she, something has happened. She has broken her foot and she's out there with her walking boot. Her social media is her like out doing all the things with that big old boot on, still campaigning, still on the trail, still talking to people, still showing up at your like HOA event, like showing up at your quinceanera, like doing the thing. And it's really inspiring. And it makes me feel like, what could I be doing more with myself? Um, I mean, I, after talking with her was like, up very very up I was Mm -hmm. up I was inspired I was awake um which hey that's something you want out of a politician right someone who doesn't put your ass to sleep yes 
That's, and, it seems like it's super important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of my favorite things, how she was talking about how she was, when she was a kid and she was out speaking with her family and like kind of orating in a religious sense and how she's using that skill, how, how that piece of her, you know, it, it may not be exactly how her family thought that part of her childhood was going to end up, but she's using that. That is right. That's a tool. That's we a tool. The tools, right? Mm-hmm. right? She was speaking. taught how to talk to people. Talking to people. Yep. Yeah. And, and very easy to talk to, extremely sociable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, even though I, I definitely felt a little bit like I washed my hair. Um, <laughs> That's important. At some point uh, throughout the interview, I did feel very, um, very spoken to on my level. I mean, not, not at all. Like there was a wall between us of someone who is extremely accomplished and like little old me. Um, and that's nice. That was, that was really uh, comforting in a politician. I definitely left feeling, I don't want to use the word politician so often. I just, I, I want to make the point that for, for all the people that we see all the time and hear about constantly that is not necessarily uplifting to so many of us people like Caroline are out there too and that's one of the reasons we need to focus so much on our local stuff yeah it's authentic she felt it's very, very genuine. authentic yeah. yeah that that it she I did not feel as though she was performing for us mm. I did feel as though not she was like really revealing who she actually is probably mm-hmm. more so than you know she should Right. She was very, very comfortable Mm -hmm. with us. And and that was, Mm -hmm. it was really nice. It felt, I do get, you know, a little nervous sometimes because I don't have a bunch of interviewing experience. Um, And I just really enjoyed, enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I didn't feel intimidated. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Personable. Very personable. Very personable. Right. I mean, like, I unfortunately do not live in her district, but I uh, have a lawn sign. And yes. feel really like proud of her. And I am oh, in her district. Yeah, we we'll, uh, we'll drop the link to how you get a lawn sign in yes, here. Um, definitely. Yeah, I I feel really like just inspired by her. Um, she came and she was part of our endorsement process for the Indivisibles of um, the East Valley Indivisibles, um, and we endorsed her. Mm-hmm based entirely on the interview that she gave and her answers and just her extreme drive to represent us. Like, I really felt like she wants to represent me personally, not, oh, the Valley, but like actually my needs. Um, Yeah, I just think that. That's nice. And thank you for being as involved as you are um, because without that, I would not get a glimpse into some of the things that I have not been involved in for a while. Well, until the podcast, until the podcast. That's true. I mean, we really upped our awareness. We upped our, we totally did. I mean, you had a really good history and you're also like just so good at interviewing people. Um, thanks, Noodle, thanks. for bringing that to the Aww. show. Aww. My pleasure. Love Um <laughs> So yeah, we are going to, we're going to put up all the links. We will put up donate links, links to Caroline's website, where you can get lawn signs. Um, and, uh, you know, big reminder that primaries in California are June 7th. Um, some states have already had their primary. Um, 
but like, you know what? We don't, I'm not saying that you shouldn't pay attention, but if you feel overwhelmed, local is okay. Just need to pay attention to that. You don't need to pay attention to what everybody is winning all over the place. If you really want to do the thing and vote, give yourself a little bit of grace. You don't have to know everything all at once. And I think it's just so overwhelming sometimes. Somebody will know. Ask around. Yep. You will get ballot guides in the mail. Um, you're, if you're a registered Democrat, they will send you a, like, here's who we think you should be voting for if you feel overwhelmed and unengaged. Um, I'm sure they also do that for Republicans. I don't know. I don't know what those people never, get. Never been a Republican. <laughs> but registered Democrats definitely get stuff in the mail. Uh, if you go to like your local Dem club website, they will say, here's our entire list of everybody who we think you should be voting for. Your ballot should be in the mail or in your hand right now, because in California, since we are now a hundred percent, um, vote by mail, you -hmm. don't have to vote by mail, but everybody has the option to vote by mail. Your ballot should be in your hand. If it has not shown up, you should download the ballot tracker app and find out where your ballot is. If you don't want to vote in person. Yep. I got a text message from ballot tracker saying your ballot has been mailed to you. And then the day my ballot showed up, I got a second text message that says your ballot is in your mailbox. Go check right now. If it's not there, please let us know. Let's find it. Right. We'll get, we'll get very enthusiastic about it. Um, so big fan of that. I'm not sure if it's ballot tracker or vote.org, but I did also get like an email that said, Everything's been mailed. If you don't get it, yeah. Um, the kinds of text messages, like, I'm not upset about getting, right, that aren't mm-hmm. like, from a friend. Those yeah. are okay. That's something I'll, I'll yeah. sign up for and recommend that other people do well as well. Because it is, um, like, look, I cannot believe it's May 19th. Yeah. I have zero grasp of that. So it's going uh, so to, the text reminders are helpful. And then, yeah, and then you don't have to think about it anymore. Uh, the thing that I thought was really interesting is, was her, like, call out about, cold calling people and yeah. reaching out to everybody and so on. Cause I keep getting text messages and emails from like, Hey, I'm running in Ohio and my brain is going, how the fuck did you get my information? Mm-hmm. And why are you calling? And then I was like, Oh, Oh, cause I'm on like whatever list it is. And like, that's what they have to do. And I, instead of being annoyed by it, I need to remember that, that they are Caroline somewhere. Um, right. and I should and- just give everybody $5. This information is coming to them in a, a very, um, yeah. here's a whole bunch of people, not necessarily, here's people that were pulled from this and people that were pulled from this, they're kind of just getting it's just a, a buttload of, of, and I should give everybody $5. Everyone gets $5 from now on. Cause you try real hard mm-hmm. and you're doing a good job and this shit is not easy. It's not, it's, it's terribly hard. So, and, um, Caroline's ROI on that two out of five, or was it, yeah, two out of five. Yeah. An impressive number, and I maybe mm-hmm. you know my giving somebody five dollars will help boost their numbers. Like right, right, and I mean, and the thing is, you know, I can you're give twenty on, people five dollars, and it's fine. Right, and the the people that are calling you, even if they're from Ohio, and you may not mm-hmm. <laughs> know a buttload about them, you're on that list for a reason. Yeah, um, and it's it's definitely not something. Man, campaigning and and selling yourself and promoting yourself more so than selling yourself, but uh, that's the world we live in. <laughs> Um, takes a lot of uh, what's up? Yeah, I mean it really does. Confidence, I mean, confidence. Uh, yeah, self. Yeah. You know, she talked about uh, that idea of 
imposter syndrome being really weird, being really real and needing to ground yourself in your values as many times as possible. And that is like a legit thing. It's a legit might, thing. Yeah. You might say something once off the cuff and then you're like tagged with that for the rest of your career. Right. Like one stupid aside. And you have to like remind yourself that no, I mean, these are the things that I really believe and feel and be able to like articulate them over and over and over again in a way that feels fresh and innovative every single time. And connecty. Because yeah, yeah, it's um extremely commendable. And thank you to the Carolines of the world for doing that. Um, and I guess this is our uh, political minute. Slide into that political minute. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the formula shortage, um, which hopefully by the time this airs, like, will have resolved itself a little bit more. Um, it's pretty terrible the big reveal behind this about how little people understand um, breastfeeding and the work behind it because there's this narrative of like breastfeeding it's free like you don't need formula and it's so damaging it's so damaging and demoralizing and like embarrassing for everybody because yes I am not spending any money to stick my boob in the mouth of my baby but I am spending eight fuck ton of time and calories, actual calories out of my body um, and mental health and all of those other pieces to be able to do that and to, to equate that with freedom and like that's nothing and like it's no effort. It's just like such a falsehood. And I mean, it's, it's just not fucking true, right? Mm-hmm. Breastfeeding is not free because you have to have a certain amount of food, right? Let's say I would normally eat three meals a day in order to breastfeed successfully. I had to like minimum double my calorie intake. So if you don't have any money to feed yourself or you have like just enough money, the idea of suddenly having to double that, that's not free. Um, And the amount of time it takes. If you were like, I work three jobs and I don't have the time to sit with the baby or sit with the pump, which also pumps are wildly expensive. If you have insurance, great. Maybe you'll get a pump. Uh, if you don't have any insurance, they are wildly expensive. And like, if you're lucky, somebody gives you one. Right. You get, yeah. And they vary wildly in quality and like lugging around and like, yeah. are you just carrying a 20 pound pump with you everywhere? Cause yes, a lot of the times, yes, that's the thing that you have to do. Uh, and the time. And like, if you don't have a job that allows you the ability to take that time, I, uh, I went to a conference when I was actively pumping and I was pumping at the time I was pumping for 20 minutes every three hours. But what that 20 minutes actually translates to is get up, gather your stuff, find a place to pump, pump for 20 minutes, and then wash all your pump parts, store the milk, take it to someplace where it can be frozen, and then walk back to wherever it is. So realistically, I was missing 40 minutes out of every three hours. And I'm really lucky that I was able to do that. Um, and that idea that people are just like, you just do it also tells you that like, you don't know that you can't switch from formula to breastfeeding overnight. Like your body produces or it doesn't. The relactation process while doable is not an overnight thing. It, it is a slow boost situation that could take you six weeks and you might have a dead baby by then. Um, it's, and, and there are women who 
cannot produce breast milk. Mm-hmm. And there are women who choose not to breastfeed because it fucking sucks. It's really hard. It's miserable. The lack of body autonomy, the mental stress, all of those things are reasons that people can say, you know what, this is not for me. And the argument that that that's just replaceable is so insane and insulting and fucking stupid and enraging. And the formula companies, you know, there are four formula companies and they do not increase production like on a regular day because formula is not that expensive. So it's not that much of a profit. And so they are only just making enough. So when things like this happen, so the Abbott laboratory is shut down due to the bacteria infections that killed a couple, that killed, I think it was either two or four, I can't remember what the number is of babies. All of a sudden, like that's gone. So something that was just enough is now not enough. And they had a vote today um, Mm. for the uh, $28 million package and a fuck ton of Republicans voted against it to say, no, we don't need more money for baby formula. On the heels of repeal, <laughs> trying to repeal Roe v. Wade, so forced birth, but also like, we're not gonna help you feed that baby. Um, it's You're gonna go a, into debt to birth that baby. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's such a clat- cataclysmic nightmare. Um, and if they were really pro-life, like formula would be free and birthing would be free and childcare would be free and WIC, would be free like all of those things would like not be an issue mm-hmm. and yet here we fucking i would have a year of of paid uh maternity paternity family fucking whole family week <sighs> um it breaks my heart for parents who have new babies yeah. who have babies that are like on the cusp of like, well, should I just start feeding them food? Like, is that okay? Is it close right. enough? Like it's not babies who are allergic to a million things. And people who just don't want to breastfeed. Like, there, it doesn't have to have all these other, like, reasons or barriers or excuses. What excuses is not the right one, but you know what I mean? Like, reasons, all these yeah, other, yeah. I just all don't want to do reasons. it. Yeah. I would prefer to have my body autonomy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's reason enough. And it, Which is it, the concept that's lost on that side of the table. And it's um, I think I think overall... It's another glaring example of how humans in general do not understand how humans work. And very specifically, um, women are vessels to be filled and used like cattle. We treat women like like that. So it's not a, I'm not necessarily surprised by everything that's going on. Because of that, because of this idea that that's what you're built for. That is your only purpose is to make a baby and take care of that baby, including feeding that baby. That's the only reason you're here. How come you can't figure that out? What's wrong with you? Um, we, we do not understand anatomy and physiology. We do not understand biology. We have gone so far. We have removed ourselves so extremely far away from the natural ecosystem of the world. We cannot teach everybody. I mean, you just can't. You just cannot teach a bunch of 70 and 80-year-old men suddenly 
about how a woman's body works when their entire life they have been raised to believe it is unimportant. Uh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's there correct. are, I mean, that, and those are the people that are in charge. It's just, it's like, it's that simple. It's, mm-hmm. we can talk about how, I mean, some of the things that we've seen are just as stupid during this conversation as they are or were during the, you know, uh, a woman's body can shut down ovulation and mm-hmm. getting pregnant because she's scared of a rape. Mm-hmm. If she got pregnant, are we sure it wasn't meant to be? Because Find that's the her blessings? purpose. Her Get purpose fucked. is to carry seed. That is it. So uh, I'm pretty pissed off about it too, as someone who I, I'm just so mad. I'm just so mad. And I I'm I'm rarely on Facebook, but uh my I mean, I guess my stepsister, my ex-stepsister, I don't know. My dad's been married like a bajillion times. Um, she has a six-month-old, um, and it's just watching her go through this. And it's this, it's something we were to have talked about in the past. Watching her go through this, having already had to change formula once and now trying to find something else. Like you said, there's not that much out there. Um and the people that she, you know she's posting on Facebook, this is what we're looking for. If anyone finds anything and you don't need it, and people are there, they see a can, they're just shipping it to her. And it's you know, I guess it's uplifting because I'm on the ground. I'm so upset. I'm I'm, you know, like there's 50 feet of crap, and then there's me. So yeah, it's uplifting when someone does something nice because like there's only one place to go at that point. The situation is that bad that me looking for her formula in a grocery store in California is uplifting somehow. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's no different than us being, you know, feeling made to feel better for five seconds of our day with all the shit constantly in our face because someone made their GoFundMe goal so they could get a fucking surgery. Like, <laughs> yeah, these are that not good shouldn't stories. be happening. These are nightmares. Yeah, these are nightmares. And it's, it's, it's not, I, I'm going to speak to the American way because that's what I know, but it is extremely American to turn nightmares into dreams. That's what we sell here. <laughs> that's what we sell here. Now, I'm going to be honest. I think I've been pretty positive lately. Like I've been on an upswing, but it has not been easy these last few weeks with Roe v. Wade and, and I mean, this, the formula shortage is just like, it, like it can't, it's, it's, it's getting so surreal and so ridiculous that people who can't see these connections and can't see the absurdity, like the, if it was about life, these things would be available. Like the fact that there are people who at this point can't grasp that is unbelievable sometimes. If you wrote it in a book, nobody would believe it. it totally. Your editor would underline it and say, too much, over the yeah, top. Exactly. We can't, we can't film this scene. No, we're going right. to cut this out. It's, it's the freaking Stephen King with the sex scene. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know what? That's too much. We're going to cut this out of the movie. Yeah. Have it in the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. And like... Anyone who's listening who's in that situation, man, 
we love you. I wish that we could, we could do more. If we have any resources, if anybody has any resources, especially if there's anybody local in California, if there are banks um, and you know somebody who knows somebody it, who's listening, there's a let couple. us know. There's a couple. There's um, yeah. the, and it's the same thing, like that idea of like something good has come out of this, totally. but like, yeah. is it still a nightmare? Um, there's there's organizations that connect to women who cannot breastfeed to breast milk. Um, That's right. Human milk for human babies. Mm-hmm. I just read about one that was connecting people who have extra formula to people that need formula. Um, I know my internet, same thing has been like full of people being like, I've got this, who needs it? Or I need this, who's got it? So there has been a lot of interpersonal connections that have been going on. Same thing. I've been like keeping an eye out who needs it. Like not the store. Is this the kind that you need? Like, can I buy you a can of it? And it's just like, and here's the thing, like formula is really fucking expensive. I don't know if we've talked, we haven't talked about that. Formula is really fucking expensive because where are you going to go if it's too expensive? I mean, it's like like the gas station off the freeway. You can make your own formula. You shouldn't. There's a ton, there's a ton of that also on the internet. I'm like, Oh, you can make like a block. Don't do that. That is super a bad idea. I I was listening to that Mm -hmm. on NPR the other day about the reason, because there are, someone's like, like there's pictures of people posting resume or recipes mm-hmm. on the internet from like long, like the seventies and like whatever. Right. Like the Caro syrup. Yes. One. And the truth is do not do that. They, they are not made with enough nutritional value mm-hmm. and you have to make a lot <laughs> then you're not, and you're not going to get to that value. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, what really gets me about the, sorry, I know I'm circling back a little bit, but about the, um, just breastfeed or just pick up a different formula outside of the fact that like you shouldn't need an explanation for that. Like if you eat beef and then you stop eating beef and then you eat beef, you get sick because your body's not used to processing that. Like Mm -hmm. as an adult, you should have been through something like that at some point at your life. Well, I haven't eaten this in forever. Oh God, I feel, I feel sick. Mm -hmm. But like the other part of that is and I think this is part of the like disconnecting ourselves from nature and the ecosystem. You know, anybody who has a pet, hopefully they're the kind of pet taver that knows you don't just give your dog new food one day. You have to transition your pet from whatever food they're eating to the new food. You have to mix it with that food. You have to watch them going to the bathroom. You have to make sure that they don't get sick. How does... Why do we think that we're different? We are animals. We have digestive systems and that's a a baby is building their digestive system and building their reaction to putting things in their body. I don't understand the disconnect. And then I get mad because I'm like, there's millions of people out there who have pets who are assholes and doing it wrong, right? Feeding them crappy food or just feeding them new food. I'm like, if they get sick, they get sick. I don't care. I never did that, but that's a good point. But I mean, how often did you change your cat's food? Probably never. Most I have no idea. I feel like Toby ate whatever was there and then puked it up anyway. Well, if if the cat was eating it, that's fine. But I mean, I had a cat who got old and couldn't Mm. eat the hard kibble. So we had to find a baked one that would like crumble. You couldn't just like get rid of crumbly food. Like you had to mix it or she would like poop her brains out and not feel good. And then be like making noise about it. And then like need more water and be all dehydrated. Like, I just feel like 
the people who are making the rules aren't paying attention to the game. What the hell is that? Mm. Anyway, yeah, formula shortage. Um, Love to all the boobies out there. If you have made the decision to, to make that transition, if that's your answer to what's going on right now, um, take care of your boobies and take care of yourself. Because, yeah, you're, you're producing something new. You, you need to take care of yourself. It doesn't just happen. No. So uh, we're going to post no. all the links for Caroline. We are. We're going to post all the links <laughs> for Awkward transition. That's okay. We're going to awkward <gasps> transition. That's we fine. have to. Or I'll just keep going. Right. We're going to post all the links for Caroline, where you can donate, uh, where you can get a lawn sign. Um, don't forget to vote on June 7th in the California primary. Find your ballot if you don't have it already. Uh, if you feel like, hey, I don't know who I'm voting for, what should I do? Feel free to ask us. We have opinions. Um, I'm happy to talk for 45 minutes about who my groups are endorsing and so on if you got questions um yeah that's it that's all I got share them that's the point right talking 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 Um, and if you have strong feelings on who you want to vote for and somebody asks you who should I be doing who should I be voting for like tell them tell them tell them who you're voting for tell them why your vote like is private but it doesn't have to be a secret like your vote belongs to you but you you, you tell other yeah. people why you're voting. It's now's the time to get away from that old adage. Like mm-hmm. we don't talk about politics. No, we have to talk about politics. We talk about That's politics big. Only way we get out of this. So um, share your feelings with people, right? Feels, vibes, votes, do the things, talk about the stuff that's important. And uh, let us know what you do. What's your tool for doing the things? Uh, that's a great that, question. I like that one a lot. Good. I love the secret question. It's one of my favorite things. Um, tell us in the comments, what are your tools? Uh, find us on the internet. Noodle, where are you on the other internet? internet? Uh, well, if you want to read more about the weird book, uh, I'm on Books and My Baby on Instagram. Or if you just want to listen to me, I'm noodling around. And uh, I'm Candy Presents. I like zoned out. I'm Candy <laughs> Presents. That's Candy with an I. You can find me in all the places. Uh, you can listen to our podcast on Podbean. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and at candypresents.com. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We love you. Bye. Bye. Yeah, we're good. And we're out. <laughs>